Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. As a quick recap, last season, we focused on change management and helping our listeners understand how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization, how to minimize disruption, and even normalize the concept that change is usual. In this season, our fourth season, we hope to focus on some of the important aspects facing many organizations today regarding the future of work. How can organizations create a sense of belonging, navigate through difficult changes in the workplace, proactively foster diversity and belonging, and consider things like personalized employment, and really think about how to help employees connect to purpose in their work. We plan to do this by exploring central topics around creating a healthy work culture and how that can make the future of work even more impactful. We'll talk to various leaders and provide our own perspective on what's happening out there, what we're seeing, what our clients are asking, and hopefully we can all learn together how to unleash the magic in our organizations. For today's episode, I'd like to speak to you about how to facilitate a successful and cohesive culture in a hybrid workspace, with many employers requiring an in-person presence, but many employees longing for remote work, it can be a challenge to know what side of the line the future will fall on, and how much should organizations listen to the request for remote work. Let's quickly go over some important numbers that can help offer perspective on this topic. In a survey of over 9,000 workers in different countries, Slack found that if given a choice, 72% of workers preferred a hybrid remote office model. Not only is the hybrid work desired, it's increasingly becoming a top priority. Back in 2017, companies that offered remote work as an option saw a 50% decrease in resignation. However, the pandemic has only further popularized hybrid models. A 2021 Owl Lab survey revealed that after the pandemic, 92% of respondents expected to work from home at least one day a week, with 80% expecting to work from home at least three days a week. In particular, employees value having the choice to do so. That same survey found 74% of workers are less likely to leave a company if remote work is an option. We believe that the hybrid work model is definitely here to stay. And if you'd like to have a little bit more in-depth look into more about hybrid workforces, be sure to check out Season 4, Episode 2 and Season 4, Episode 5 on the notion of flexibility in the workplace, where I speak to partner Lisa Inslee to discuss exactly what studies are finding about flexibility being at the root of all of this in terms of what people value, not just simplistically talking about having a hybrid or remote workforce. However, today I'd like to pose the question, how can we foster an inclusive culture with a hybrid work model? Because this is something that a lot of companies are struggling with right now. I believe the answer lies in infusing your culture with one quality above all. We'll get into what that is in just a moment. 
Up until very recently, we have leaned on gathering at the office to create and foster cultural interactions. While culture can occur organically, it doesn't always unfold in a beneficial way to employees and the organization when it's not done with some intentional planning from the leadership. When the office became less of the central focus spot for employees to come together in 2022, what were we left with? We had to rely on culture to stay together. And if there had not been an intentional effort to shape culture, it became evident to many organizations that there was a necessity to focus on it now. A recent study done by PwC of more than 3,200 workers across 40 different countries found that almost 70% of senior management attribute their success during the pandemic specifically to culture. I'm sure many of us have experienced Zoom happy hours and other creative ways to have interaction that maybe at first were a little bit of a novelty, but developing and nurturing successful culture comprises so much more. Traits such as empathy, dedication to creativity are two things that I think are vital when we're talking about nurturing a culture that can stay together and become resilient through all sorts of changes. But none of that actually probably matters if you don't have one thing that's bringing it all together, one important quality, a sense of belonging. Similar to our episode on inclusion, belonging is something most often felt as opposed to seen. And in 2019, 40% of those surveyed by the Harvard Business Review did not feel like they belonged at work. However, the consequences of belonging or not belonging are quantifiable. Harvard Business Review first surveyed 1,789 full-time U.S. workers across a variety of industries. They also conducted several experiments with more than 2,000 participants to calculate the costs of this exclusion. In that survey and in those experiments, Harvard Business Review found that companies with a strong sense of belonging saw a 56% increase in job performance. 56%! I wish my stocks would do 56% better performance. They also saw a 50% drop in turnover risk and a 75% reduction in sick days. Additionally, 72% of polled Americans, quote, would or have considered leaving a company for one they believe has a greater inclusive culture. At the end of 2020, Qualtrics conducted a global study of more than 11,800 participants on employee experience. A sense of belonging surfaced as the biggest driver of employee engagement. Of the employees who felt like they belonged in their organization, 91% of them were actively engaged. Conversely, only 20% of workers who don't belong were engaged at work. That's a ginormous gap, people. Additionally, 78% of those who belonged in their work environments had a greater sense of well-being compared to 28% who didn't belong. So, overall, 
the sense of belonging is and should be an imperative for leaders in order to foster employee engagement and wellness, and hence see the business results and performance that you ultimately desire. But how can we foster the sense of belonging in a hybrid workforce? While a sense of belonging sounds elusive, we can try to break this down and focus on it in this way. When we come down to the individual, there are three ways that we as leaders can help facilitate a sense of belonging from the hiring process to the exit process. During these phases, leaders can collect data, foster relationships, and do a lot more to create a cohesive culture. Let's look at the hiring process. When it comes to culture and belonging, start from the beginning. When hiring new employees, be open about the company and the team's values and work ethic. While certainly you're going to speak to a prospective new hire about what is required of the job and expectations, going beyond this to talk about what kind of behaviors demonstrate the values that reflect your culture can really help you and the individual understand what is the fit like and can the individual see themselves in your organization? Does your team in particular value, say, sustainability or creativity? Do you operate on more of an independent work platform? Is it collaborative? Where are the ways that you have collaborative touch points? Are philanthropic efforts important to the company? Do you have a team comprised of parents, single parents, students with flexible schedules? Or do you and your people dedicate most of your time to the company's mission? The key here is to identify the values and the qualities or behaviors your team demonstrates to show those values and ultimately create and shape the culture. It's important to also reflect ambitious goals, perhaps, in your values. Where are you today as a company? And reflecting honestly where you are in that current work environment. But where do you want to go? This way, candidates will start to navigate and think about whether they are a good fit and they can help nurture the culture when they join. Conversely, you can determine what qualities are necessary for your team to operate successfully, and you can make an effort to seek those out during your hiring process. Is someone going to be comfortable demonstrating the behaviors that ultimately reflect the values you need for your team to be successful in a remote environment? So much depends on leaders relying on their individual team members to have some level of self-motivation, and those individuals need to feel some sense of autonomy. Does this individual that you're hiring possess the attributes that can, in fact, deliver on some of those behaviors that you expect and need in order for the broader team to be successful? While, of course, you can never truly know how an employee will be until they start working for you, addressing culture from the start can help avoid incongruities and provide a more open and honest dialogue between the leader who's hiring and the individual who's seeking for that opportunity that fulfills their interests. It can be more economical and beneficial to everyone who's putting energy and time in the recruiting process to pass on a candidate up front 
and not go through the whole onboarding and training process if there isn't likely going to be a cultural fit. We're going to talk a lot about values in a future episode, but before we move on from that, I just want to mention something that I think is very imperative. Your core values as an organization need to be more than just a paragraph on a website or a poster hanging on a wall. You have to ask yourself, how are we demonstrating and living these values? What behaviors can we describe that clearly articulate to anyone coming into our organization or actively working in our organization to help them understand what is expected of them in order to demonstrate that value? And it also allows them to understand, is this the right fit for me? Does this value resonate with me? And does it align with what I think is important? It can help the HR performance process quite a bit if you are very clear and intentional in stating what behaviors are appropriate to shape and support your culture. Now, a couple of other things to consider when you are trying to foster and nurture a collaborative environment in a remote or hybrid workspace. Mentorship programs. In a traditional office setting, mentor and mentee relations can happen organically. In a hybrid or remote setting, this is not always the case. Being intentional and creating some kind of mentorship program is a great way to help employees connect across levels as well as build up social and professional relationships. Having a system in place that ensures every person has the opportunity to have a mentor and a mentee, or both, helps employees feel less isolated and alone, especially if they're working from home. These relationships can aid new employees in navigating unfamiliar work environments, while mentors can find fulfillment in sharing their knowledge and giving back. Also, Don't discount the fact that leaders, especially senior leaders, can benefit from a mentorship program where a more junior mentor is mentoring them, the senior leader, as the mentee. This provides the leader a different perspective and keeps them aware of changing needs in a growing and emerging workforce. There are all sorts of ways that you can structure this mentorship program and have individuals meet once a month, or just reach out when they need to, or even provide some small budgets so that when getting together is possible, they might be able to go grab a coffee or tea together. You can get pretty creative in how these programs are structured, but it is a really important way to continue to help individuals feel a sense of belonging in a time where we can feel very distant from each other. Another great way to foster relationships is to continue to put investments in time and energy in community groups. Community groups can offer a place for shared interests, such as mental wellness or some kind of identity group, such as a Jewish community. Employees can find support and connection and friendship if they choose to join. Now, these are just a few ideas. There are so many other systems or practices that you can implement for a hybrid workplace such as care packages, delivered lunches, DE&I, anonymous surveys, etc. Different approaches will work for different teams. In fostering a healthy hybrid culture, 
employees and employers alike can benefit from well-being, engagement, and productivity. A strong sense of belonging will only further ensure that not everyone just survive, but they thrive in times of change and in challenge. And if you're listening to this and you think your organization could benefit from some of these programs, or you have your own ideas about how to nurture a greater sense of belonging in your organization, speak up, say something. It shouldn't be only on the shoulders of the leaders to figure out what's going to work for their employees and their team. You as the individual need to take ownership for your experience and bring forward your ideas and your perspectives and offer solutions. Don't just wait for someone else to figure it out for you. Come forward, share your insights, and see what kind of magic you can unleash with your leader support. Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining this week's episode of Survive and Thrive Podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, take care.